I was watching her loving her life and loving the experience that she was having as an entrepreneur and, uh, and really being able to affect change in people's life in a positive way. And, uh, and I was super jealous. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs, where we interview East Idaho entrepreneurs and business owners to learn their stories and to be inspired by their journeys. Today, we have a special solopreneur, Spencer Erickson, who owns and operates Son of Eric Design. Welcome, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're grateful to have you here. So, Spencer, that is an interesting name, Son of Eric Design. I get it. I, and now I get it, This the Spencer Erickson. Uh-huh. But tell us exactly what Son of Eric Design is. So, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. So, I'm, I'm LDS and I served a, a mission in Denmark. And Denmark is, you know, a Scandinavian country, and that's where my 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 ancestors come from, Sweden. So I got pretty close to Sweden, which is pretty cl- uh, pretty cool and fun. But there was a, a guy over in Denmark uh, that was a member of the church. That he's just kind of a, a weird guy, he's kind of an oddball, and he would come up with these weird, really corny nicknames for all of the missionaries. And uh, his name for me was Son of Eric. He was yeah. just, that's what he called me all the time. <laughs> and uh, and so when I was starting this business years ago, you know, in college, I was trying to think of a name and I'd come up with a few that I was like, well, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. But nothing really stuck. Nothing really like resonated. And then in my head, it just went, son of Eric Design. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that works. That's where yeah, that inspiration so just, came from. Yeah, just stuck. Yeah, that's great. So what is it? What is son of Eric Design? Son of Eric Design, I, I specialize in helping small businesses with you know, small businesses with big branding. I feel like small business owners struggle a lot with finding out uh, or with knowing what to do when it comes to branding. And so I try to make it as easy for them as possible and help them to help educate them and give them the tools and know-how uh, to be able to manage their brand and their website after we're all done so that they can have a really killer brand that uh, will really set them apart in their, their niche market, whatever it may be. So, okay, so you said a couple of things there that I want to explore. You you actually do graphic design. You set up yeah. the websites and do all of the techie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk about branding, what does that mean? Like what, my logo or my appearance to, like, is this a marketing thing? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so your brand is is definitely, part. your logo is part of that. I get, I get hit up a lot with requests about, I just need a logo. But what people don't really understand is that they need so much more than that. Because I can give you a logo, but then you have to figure out what you're going to do with it. And so even if you have a really nicely designed logo, I've seen this happen so many times, is, you know, I'll hand off a logo or I'll see somebody who just had a logo designed by somebody else. And then even if it's good, they'll try to implement it themselves. And if they're not a really design-oriented person, it's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) And so... It, it lacks its punch. Right. There's mm-hmm. there's nothing to round it out. And so I like to to liken it to a, an archway. So like in ancient times, they would build an archway out of stones and there would be a keystone. And the keystone, in my opinion, is the logo. And if your keystone is really solid and strong, it'll support the rest of the arch. So your brand voice, so how your, your all your writing sounds, your 
advertising, your Facebook page, your website, your vehicle wraps, all of those things will be supported by a really nicely designed logo. But if you don't have any of those supporting elements, you just have a keystone sitting on the ground and it doesn't do you any good. And so you really need everything to build that archway and go through it to, to build up your brand. You need all of the elements. And branding is so much more than just visual stuff too. It's you know how you interact with your customers. It's how your employees look when they're out doing a job, if you're like a roofing company or something like that. All of that. It's your whole culture. It's your whole culture. Mm -hmm. Everything from visual to just interactions, everything is your brand. So. so when you say that, it makes me think you're not just sitting at home behind your computer figuring out a graphic design for your clients. It's a little bit more than that. Talk, talk to me. How, like, how do you even decide what the logo is going to be? Sounds like you need to do some back work. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of research into the companies themselves. When I get, when I get a client interested, I research their market. And I, I also do a little consultation with my, with my clients and I send them a branding questionnaire that has, it lays out everything so I can understand really who their audience is, who they target. And then uh, also to get a good idea of what my client's personal tastes are as far as logos go and that sort of thing. So, so I'm not shooting in the dark when I'm trying to design something for them. It's not your design. I right. mean, it's theirs, but with your vision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and, you know, sometimes clients will be like, well, I really like this style, but then, you know, if they really like this really rugged manly style or something, but then their demographic is, you know, 25-year-old women, it's not going to resonate very well. Mm -hmm. And so we have to figure out how to balance those things. And and that's where the education comes from, teaching my clients that it's important to really design for your demographic to kind of leave bias out of it as much as you can. But that's why I do the research so I can understand better where they're coming from it's interesting you say that because, you know, my husband and I have an automotive repair shop mm -hmm. and I have seen creative things like roadkill automotive and mm -hmm. I'm making that up, but <laughs> you <laughs> know, sure I there. think yeah. it's funny at the, at, you know, at the time when we think of it, business owners were like, yeah, that'll be super creative and let's just do something like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that my own personal demographic would go to a place that was called roadkill automotive. You know, right. I think you have to right. consider who your customer mm -hmm. is, like you said. Yeah, you've got to take into account that if you if you go with something that's a little edgier like that, you might alienate, you know, potential customers. And where you know, we're an automotive shop, your demographic is probably really wide. Yeah. You're not a really niche market like, you know, you don't sell bath bombs or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But Spencer, if you tell me I shouldn't do that, you're taking away my creativity, <laughs> my individuality. This is what's what makes me me, right? right, right. I, I mean, I suspect you you have that challenge with some business owners mm -hmm. from time to time. Yeah, and it's it's difficult to to get some people to understand that you really do need to have a niche demographic. You need to target somebody individually because if you if you're trying to target the whole world, your branding can't it, it does doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, marketing does doesn't work that way. You can't target everybody. So have you had an experience with, clearly I don't want any names, but have you had any experience with a client where you've had to kind of have that serious conversation in who are you and who are you serving mm -hmm. and and how does that usually go? Yeah, so I worked on a, uh, a a brand a few months ago, well, four or five months ago. It's a an Italian ice truck. Yeah. I won't name any names or anything, mm -hmm. but um, it was three partners that owned this thing and they wanted to, their, their demographic was... College age women, 
and and young mothers um, with you know little kids that would like a frozen treat and stuff sure. in the summer. And so that that was who they were targeting. And one of the partners was comes from kind of a marketing background, and so he under, he understands that uh, or understood that. And um, but another one of the partners wanted to kind of target everybody and like, well, we shouldn't just peg market to them. Yeah, you know, other people have money because then we're going to miss out <laughs> on all these other people. Yeah, and uh, and where I can understand where he's coming from, you you see brands like that all the time where it just falls flat. You know, they try to target everybody mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. You can't build a really good personality in your brand if you're trying to target everybody because they're, it's not, you can't relate to everybody. It's mm-hmm. just impossible. So when you pick a demographic, when you do your research and figure out who who is our product really going to be sold to, who's going to be interested in this, then you can really tailor your brand visually to reach those people so it appeals to them. It's someplace that, you know, for this Italian ice place, it's someplace they want to go hang out after classes or if they need to get their kids out of the house for a little bit. Um, it's somewhere they can go. I mean, think like Orange Leaf. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun kind of hip place to go. Sure. And they've done a really excellent job of targeting their demographic. Mm-hmm. And they've, you know, throughout their, their whole aesthetic, it's targeted that demographic. But a lot of people go there too. So, so. was so let's talk a little bit about how you got where you are. Was your background at all in marketing? I got a, a bachelor's degree in graphic design from BYU-Idaho. And and does that include learning that marketing kind of stuff? My degree, not really. Um, it was mostly focused on on art and design. Mm-hmm. And then the marketing aspect just comes, just has come with time. I've worked really closely with some really excellent, excellent marketers um, in past jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, before I went off on my own, um, I worked for a couple of businesses where I was able to work with some really excellent marketers. And so I learned some great skills and and wove that into what you were mm-hmm. doing. And Just to gain a better, better understanding of how to implement branding and how to really target demographics and that kind of thing. Right. So let's go to that story. Uh, obviously, this wasn't your first job out of college. Right. So how did you end up where you are now? Tell us a little bit about that journey. Sure. So I graduated from college in 2013, the spring of 2013. And right out of school, I was really lucky to, to get a job with a, a business up in Rexburg. I don't mind name dropping them if you don't mind. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Monkey Bar Storage up in Rexburg. They do garage organizational systems. And they have this, you know, a, a network of authorized dealers across North America and Canada. That, yeah, I've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they do great work. And I was lucky enough to get a job with them as their graphic designer. So I, I was their only designer at the time. It was me and a, a videographer that... Are those franchises? Is that somebody locally then that owns that? Well, the... The corporate office is up in Rexburg, and they're not franchises per se, but they're they're independently owned businesses that got are it. authorized to sell their products okay, got and it. install them, and they're trained by corporate and everything. But yeah, so, so I, essentially, you were at the corporate office. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I I managed their brand for the for everything for their corporate office. So I, I worked there for a while, and after about a year, they needed to get redesign their website, and they had somebody out of the office working on it, and it just was dragging out forever we'd get like a page every week and a half and it was bad (laughs) (laughs) you're like "Hmm." and and i was like and at the time i had never designed a website before but i talked to my boss and i said listen this is going to take years to get this website done because it was a big job and uh i would like to just take a swing at it if you don't mind and so he said sure so i took a swing at it designed a couple of pages and they loved it and so they fired that guy and had me design their corporate website. And um, 
And at that point, I needed to focus on big projects. So I was able to hire a designer that I then managed to manage some of the smaller projects that were going on. Mm -hmm. And from there, it just kind of snowballed into me becoming their art director. So I managed all their branding and uh, managed their photo shoots and video shoots and directed those, make sure that they, we got what we needed for marketing purposes. And uh, and it was, I mean, it taught me a lot. Oh, yeah. you don't learn that like kind of stuff were... in school. Right, right. So it was an excellent job for me to have it out of school. I can't emphasize that enough. And right. the people there were, were fantastic. So I worked there for four years total. And after four years, I was just, I was getting kind of burned out because working with one brand all the time, you get mm-hmm. just kind of burned out. Wasn't as exciting as it was the first year. Right. And all the, <laughs> all, the, all the heavy lifting had been done. And so there wasn't, there weren't really any large scale projects to do anymore. And so I was just, I was just getting burned out and kind of bored a little bit. Yeah. And so I was looking for something else looking for other jobs and that sort of thing. And I ended up getting a job at a really big company in Idaho Falls mm-hmm. and uh, on their, their web design team. And it was a, a pay raise and, you know, I didn't have to commute 40 minutes because I live in Idaho Falls. Oh, yeah. So I didn't have to do an hour and 20 minutes of driving every day, um, which was, I was looking forward to that and everything. So I started working at this company and I was just, I went from being art director at a company and having a lot of influence to being complete bottom of the totem pole. Oh, that's different. And which I kind of wanted because I had never had the experience of working with a senior designer that could kind of help hone my skills and stuff. Yeah. So I got to this company and I was working there for a few months, you know, enough to kind of feel it out and, and figure things out. And I was just miserable. And you're like, having a senior designer wasn't all that you thought it was going to be. Huh? <laughs> right. Well, and when you don't really click with your, your supervisor, yeah. it just, that it's hard. It harder. Mm-hmm. So things kind of went on. And I remember I'd been working there for probably about four or five months. And our department was having a, a party thing. And we were only working a half day. And then I went home to change my clothes. And then we we're going to go have like a barbecue thing. And uh, I remember going home and uh, talking to my wife just about how miserable I was and how worthless I felt because mm-hmm. I, I just, I didn't click with the culture there. I didn't click with my boss and I just, my, my creative drive was just dead. And I just felt like I wasn't able to produce anything that anybody approved of. And it was just, was especially so coming off of the experience that you right. had. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that was shocking. And I remember just breaking down because I was just so, done and so i had a contractual obligation to work here to work at that company for two years oh wow and so i was just like how am i going to do this mm-hmm. and uh so i just kind of continued to power through you know just do the best i could i you know having a positive attitude as much as i could because it's important you know if you're negative about everything it just makes it worse mm-hmm. and uh so i kept going and probably in like late september last year the thought just kind of crossed my mind you know you should start focusing on your on Son of Eric design on your freelance business. So you knew, I mean, you already had Son of Eric at this time. Right. You had a side gig. Uh-huh. So I'd always just kind of had this little side gig and it wasn't anything I really pursued actively. It's mm-hmm. just if someone needed something, they could they, they knew you were talented and they came right. to you. So. They could come yeah. to me, but it wasn't something I pursued because, you know, you work nine hours at a job and then yeah. you don't want to come home, home. And, yeah. and do four more hours and then go to bed and do it all yes. over again. yes. So I hadn't really pursued it a ton, but last September I just kind of started having that thought and I thought it was weird because I'd never, ever, ever considered doing this full time. I'd never considered it a viable for option for, my, mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. 
and I never really wanted to just because of my previous experiences of doing it in the evenings on the side it's it, tiring and I you know after a full-time job doing the same thing it was just kind of burning me out and uh, so the thought was just had never crossed my mind really until last September so I thought it, it kind of hit me I was like wait a minute where's this coming from right mm-hmm. so I kind of sat on that for about a month and it just kept coming back to me and kept coming back to me so I decided to kind of take start taking it seriously you know and uh, my my bishop from church, he's an, an architect and uh, had been doing his own architecture thing for a number of years. And uh, he's a man I really respect. And so, and my wife and I had built up a good re- friendship and relationship with him and his family. And so I, I talked to him. I was like, can I take you out to lunch or something and mm-hmm. talk Just about this? Just pick your brain. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, he said, absolutely. So we talked about it. He gave me some, you know, talked about his experience and what he would recommend if I was going to do this thing. And so I talked to him, then I talked to a friend of mine from high school who owns a, uh, a media company here in town. His name's Tyler Porter. And, uh, and he, he's been running his own business for a number of years now and, and it does well. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to him and picked his brain a little bit. And and so at this point, are you like, ah, oh, maybe? Like, were you starting to think? Right, oh, I was starting I to see the benefits of this. Uh-huh. And especially when I talked to Tyler, I remember him saying, you know, I asked him, what are the pros and cons? Would do you regret it at all? Like, is there anything Did he have like? a long list of cons or was his cons? How did that line up, that pros and cons? Did he say, yeah? It was very, thing. very biased towards the pros. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, good. Which which was good. Yeah. And, I mean, he he didn't sugarcoat it. You know, it's hard. It's, it's not easy running your own business by any means. Yeah. And uh, when you're running a marketing company and or a graphic design agency or whatever, I mean, you've always got to be finding new clients and drumming up business and that kind of thing. Right, because your projects come to an end. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, unless you get on a retainer, which which I also do. Mm-hmm. But but he said, you know, he would never go back to working for other people. He loves what he does. It's too much. And uh, he said, you know, it's it's being the master of your own destiny, where where you work for somebody else, you're very set. You know, they tell you how much you're going to make. And maybe you can make a bonus, but they also tell you how much that's going to be. And they tell you when you can get promoted. And they, yes. they control everything. Yes, indeed. And, and um, that works for some people. And yeah, yeah. No, no judging or anything yeah. like that. It works for some people and some people it just doesn't. But you were having a vision like, oh, maybe I could do this mm-hmm. and not work for the man. Right. And when I was working for this big company, I had talked to my boss a couple of times um, just about kind of timelines, what my future there looked like. Okay. And uh, basically, I was told, you'll basically be bottom of the totem pole for at least two years. And then you'll have to work there for at least five or six years before we give you any more heavy lifting Responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And I was like, half a decade Mm -hmm. before before anything else happens? That just sounded like the worst. A little hopeless at the moment. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was just so despondent about this. And so talking to my bishop and to Tyler about their entrepreneurial endeavors really opened my eyes to the possibilities and that like this might actually be doable mm-hmm. and so I, I did a couple more things just thinking about it and so I mean I'm a, a, a spiritual scriptural guy and I remember just letting the scriptures fall open and uh, you know I prayed about this thing and I was like is this real <laughs> am I just making this up in my yeah, head because I hate because I want so to tell myself this story mm-hmm. right and uh, the scriptures fell open to a verse that just said, essentially, 
you know the answer. I've already told you. <laughs> just trust. And, and I was like, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. So let's say, so it's December last year. My wife is pregnant. She's like eight months. Eight and you're and still in this contractual agreement uh-huh. with that company, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so and my contractual agreement doesn't end until 2020. Okay. Um, it was a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just thinking, okay, when that contract ends, I'm done and I'm going to pursue this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just... Your wife's pregnant. My wife's pregnant. I'm just plugging away at my job, doing the best I can to stay positive and everything. And being uh, that responsible father, they, you know, right, bringing I mean, in, <laughs> paying the bills. You got to pay the bills. Yes, and, exactly. Uh, just doing the best I can. And we get through the holidays. My wife gets sicker than I've ever seen her before. So she's she's pregnant. She's only five feet tall. So she gets very large when yeah, she's pregnant. Uh, yeah. She's got nowhere to go. Right. right and so she's miserable already. And then she gets like an ear infection, eye infection, sinus infection, all at the same time. Bless her heart. And we don't know where they came from. And at the same time, my car breaks down and my dad and I have to pull the engine out of the car, take the engine apart to fix it. And so I'm carless and we're going through that. Then our oven breaks. It was the, when it rains, it pours. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Like last, this January of this year was the craziest month we've ever had in our lives. Um, Our oven broke and then my wife got Bell's palsy Oh, yeah. Which paralyzes half of your face. Right. Because of the infections and stuff that she'd been going through on top of being pregnant. And then... She was probably about ready to give up on all of this. Oh, my gosh. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Then January 10th, I'm told that I'm being fired. What? And... uh, What? Yeah. And our baby was due any day. So the the company I was working for, I don't want anybody to, like, hate on them or anything. Yeah. Because they they knew the situation. Uh Uh-huh. It just wasn't a good fit between me and them and, and them and me. Right. We just didn't fit for each other. Right. And uh, and they worked with us, so they made the transition as easy as they possibly could. Yeah, good. Which is nice. Yeah, it was compassionate. Right. So I'm fired on top of everything that's going on. Two days later, we have our baby. And, and so we're freaking out a little bit. But at the same time, I'm really happy <laughs> that I don't have to work there anymore because I was... Well, so yeah, you got out of your contract. Right. I got yeah. out of the contract. And so... At, I'm still, I'm still in the mindset of, should I, should I pursue this? Should I pursue freelance or not? I feel like, you know, we just had a baby. I need, still need like health insurance benefits. I need to, like, yeah, this is scary. That's huge. So I applied for a few, uh, a few jobs and didn't get any of them. I interviewed with a couple of places, didn't get them. And, uh, just in many, many talks with my, my wife and my parents and stuff, I just came to the conclusion, this is the kick in the pants I need to just do this. Mm -hmm. Again, you talked about it being a little bit divine. So Uh maybe you weren't getting the message strong enough. And so all of this had (laughs) to come along. And Uh yeah. It's like, no, I mean for you to do this now. Yeah. We're not waiting until 2020. Not a year and a half from now. You're doing it now. Uh Uh-huh. And um, so, I mean, we made the decision and it was was scary, but kind of like roller coaster, scary, exciting, you know? Yeah. But how do you do that? Like... I mean, I don't need you to get into total details, but you still have to pay the bills. Did they severance you a little bit? Like, did you have some money to live on while you yeah. ramped this up? Okay. Yeah. So, because um, I'm worried well, about I, your family here. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get any severance pay because it was a termination. Yeah. But um, I did. I had, did have some vacation days built up, so that you padded the, pay, that. the last paycheck mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they carried my benefits through February. Yeah, so if there was good. any complications at the birth or anything, we'd have insurance and stuff. And. Uh, so you had and, a little time to kind of sort yeah, this out. Yeah, we had a little bit of financial padding, which was Got it. which was good. 
and uh, and and necessary, you know, yeah. when making that transition. Yeah. However, that first month, February, was the first month that I was just doing this on my own. Out of the goodness of God, I made more money that month than I would have made if I had still been in my full time job. How you just went out there and beat the bushes and found work? Well, I so this is where I, I discovered that being vulnerable about your situation is so key mm-hmm. to to help getting people to help you and just not getting people to help you but to understand where you are you know people appreciate vulnerability and so I had I had once I had made this decision I had I had a project that I was working on for somebody and um, in the middle of that project I just kind of put it on pause and did a Facebook live video okay just talking about this is what's going on. This is what how and this is on your personal been. page, right? You didn't have a right. whole following on Son of Eric. This was right. This is uh-huh. just my personal Facebook page, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, "This is here's my reality. This is what's happening, and this is what I'm going to do." And people just started coming out of the woodwork to help us. That's so great. I don't want to get super emotional, but but it was really awesome. Um, we had, I mean, people that my wife was friends with, but just like Facebook friends just reached out to her because I had tagged her in the video and we're just reaching out like, Hey, I know this person that needs a design work. Hey, I know this person. And a really good friend of ours uh, needed some design work done. She, she worked for her parents' business and she wanted to show them like, this is what your branding could look like. Yeah. So she self-funded this brand redesign for her parents' company just to show them. And so that gave me the confidence that I can do this, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a a big project and it was really enjoyable. And, but yeah, it just, people came out of the woodwork and it was a huge blessing and just the the confirmation I needed that I was doing the right thing Mm -hmm. that I was supposed to be doing this. It wasn't just some pipe dream. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've been doing that ever since and it's been great. (laughs) I don't regret it at all. So you talk about, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I wanted to explore that a little bit. You had some great experiences and you were you knew what your talent was, but it, I imagine you had feelings of self-doubt and oh, yeah. fear. It, I mean, what was it that got you through that, those feelings of doubt? And do you still have that, that you're kind of like, mm, I got to kick myself in the pants and get going? Like, how do you get through that? I think uh, really it comes down to, to looking back on what I've been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. Some Yeah, self-doubt comes in sometimes, you know, I mean, there will always be peaks and valleys in the amount of clients and work that I have coming through. Yeah. And when I have those valleys and I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, where's my work coming from? Where am I going to, you know, where's my money coming from this month? I have to, you know, occasionally, especially early on, there were doubts like, should I keep looking for a job? Yeah. Should I keep having, a, this could be a side gig, but I've got to have a main. Right. Should I keep big... my feelers out there yes. and not really dedicate myself to this fully? Yes. So that comes in, but the I, I would have to look back at all of the experiences and things that I had had that really, you know, knocked me over the head and said, you need to do this. Uh-huh. And uh, and then look back at all the work I had accomplished and all the work that I had produced for people and um, that... Validated that you... Validated, yeah. like, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I what, know I'm what I'm doing. doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I may not be the, the most world-class designer out there yet, but I'm working <laughs> towards there. it. Uh-huh. And... Uh, and I, I know what I can do for people. I know I can produce really excellent branding for people. And uh, just keeping that in my mind. And my wife is always super encouraging and, and she's awesome um, and very, very supportive. 
Yeah, so let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. It does sound like you've had a very supportive wife. How do you, how do you and your wife work to support each other? And, and clearly there was a big impact with this. Your kids are too little to know what was going on, but how does your family come into to play in your success? So yeah, this is actually another facet of things. So last year when I was so miserable at my job and just hating my life, my wife runs her own business. Okay. So she is a, a Reiki master. She does energy work on people and, and helps people kind of find clarity in their own life. So this things. is a business you can she can do out of the home? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yep. And she's been doing this for a couple of years now. So last year was a really good year for her. Uh, her business was was growing and expanding and she was like every day she had sessions with people. She's like, I just love my job so much. This is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Helping people. And so she's loving her job and you're miserable. Right. And so I was watching her <laughs> being an entrepreneur. She needed to do some work on you. And she did. I bet she did. But uh, so I was watching her loving her life and loving the experience that she was having as an entrepreneur and, uh, and really being able to affect change in people's life in a positive way. And, uh, and I was super jealous. Yeah, sure. That. And I think that was partly what's motivated started you? spurring the idea of you should start pursuing your freelance more um, because you could experience that. You could experience that freedom. You know, that you're not married to a... And doing something you love. Doing something I love that I'm good at and not, you know, necessarily an eight to five job. I got flexibility to be with her, be with my kids. And like, I can put things on pause for a few hours and go play at the park with my kids. And like, I can do that. And that sounded so appealing instead of being stuck in an office till six o'clock every day. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. And, uh, And so me being at home, well, just her support and seeing her being so successful and happy really motivated me to to pursue this and and continues to motivate me um her business is still growing yeah and great. she's she's able you know with both of us being entrepreneurs and working from home we thought we might kill each other after a while uh-huh but but we're not yeah we're right. even better right and, and i bet she has a killer website because of you she does uh-huh yeah. yes <laughs> so I'm, i get to be kind of her marketing manager and branding manager and stuff and and we're able to balance time with the kids and, and balance our schedule so that we can both pursue our dreams because she's the type of, of lady that she can't sit still. Mm-hmm. She loves being a mom and a wife, but she has to have her own thing. Yeah. And, and I respect that. And, and I want her to pursue that. I yeah. want her to follow her dreams as well. And so this really facilitates both, which well, you, that know, thing you can't only, complain. Yeah, it only raises you, only raises mm-hmm. your family. Yeah, that's right. fantastic. Motivates both of us to do better all the time. Okay, well, just give me an idea then. I know that you told us a little bit about this, but you're not clearly the only design place in town. Mm-hmm. What sets you apart? Maybe you've already said it, but just kind of highlight what makes you different. I think part of what makes me different is that, you know, I do do this full time. There's a lot of freelancers out there and there's a lot, there's there's a, a handful of design agencies around this area, not necessarily in Idaho Falls, that produce world-class work, but you'll be paying tens of thousands of dollars too because mm-hmm. they have an agency to run they've got a lot of overhead mm-hmm. i don't um it's me and uh and i can dedicate i do my best to dedicate my time to to one client at a time sometimes things overlap it's just how things go but i really try to dedicate my time to my clients to figure them out and to really understand their business their demographic but then when it's all said and done it's i don't feel like it's enough to just here's all your stuff that i've designed Go, go away. Go crazy. Yeah. And uh, and so I do my best to educate them on how to manage their brand, 
kind of give them a jumping off point. I design all my, my websites right now. Um, I design them all through Squarespace. Okay. And the reason I do that, I can absolutely design a fully custom website. But for my target audience, small business owners paying for a fully custom designed website from the ground up and then also getting that custom developed by a, a, somebody that can code it is crazy expensive. Okay. And so Squarespace is a template-based uh, platform where a lot of customizability is available. But once it's all said and done, and I've I've laid it all out for them, and it's live and working for them, they I can, can manage it. I can educate them how to manage yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. As a small business owner, that's heaven because then mm -hmm. you're not dependent on someone else. Right. My my dad was a business owner. He's retired now, but the pains that he would go through to just get simple updates on his website. I, I just could not believe how frustrating it was yeah. and how long it would take yeah. or if it even happened at all. And so with this platform, I'm able to give them a really awesome modern website with all the modern functionalities that you need, but then they can easily manage it. I can educate them how to use it. And and, they and can... you're there if they need to come back and go, uh -huh. hey, I don't remember how to post this thing. Right. Yeah. And I'm always happy to just help them. Yeah, good. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it sounds yeah. like you really provide that personal touch. Mm -hmm. I do my best to to really just give them the tools that they need to to manage it on their own, so that they don't have to continuously hire people and you know increase their overhead because of that. Yeah. Well, you were very brave to jump out on your own. Sounds like things are going okay. But mm -hmm. what has been your biggest challenge since you've been out on your own with Son of Eric Design? I think the biggest challenge is just, you know, a thing you don't have to deal with that, you know, if you're an in-house designer is putting your nose to the, the grindstone and finding work. And so that's been a, a challenge to put myself out there because I'm normally kind of introverted. And so really networking and working with my current network to find work um, has been a challenge. Sure. Um, and I think any freelancer would tell you that. But I am currently working on systems and things that will generate more work. I imagine word of mouth with the customers that you have had mm -hmm. is also pretty strong. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Referrals and, uh, yeah, referrals is a, is a big, big part of it. Yeah. I, a lot of us in small business, I think that's what is our bread and butter. I know that with my husband and I's business, so many of our customers are because they've heard from someone else that they came to our shop. And so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to keep happy customers and Absolutely. referring us. Okay, so what's the vision for Son of Eric Design? What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> you know, I want it to, to continue to grow. The vision really would be to become the go-to guy for not only southeastern Idaho, but for small businesses in general. Right now, so with my, my wife being a, a holistic health practitioner, mm -hmm. I'm kind of plugged into that world. And... Uh, and I understand that world and I'm not, you know, I think a lot of people, when they listen to what energy work is, they're like, mm -hmm. ooh, it's been, ooh, mm -hmm. <laughs> crazy people. But I don't believe that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I've been able to design her branding, her website, as well as four or five of her, her friends that also run their own businesses, sure. Lottie Studio here in town and some other energy workers around. And, uh, and so I'm working on kind of refocusing my business to filling that niche. Uh, it's great. Isn't that what they say? Niche, niche down. And, you mm -hmm. know, I think you'll have plenty of business there. Right. And it's, it's intimidating. And every marketer says you need to target your niche. Um, 
where I've been a little too broad. Uh-huh. For, I mean, I've, I've had to work and I'm super grateful for all that work. Mm-hmm. And I will I'll continue. And you'll do whatever work comes. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, right now I'm working with a roofing company in Mississippi. Okay. And uh, and I'm happy to do it. I yeah. love working with them. They're great guys. Yeah. But I do really love working with these holistic health people. Well, because you get it. I get it. And mm-hmm. I have seen the difference that it can make in their clients' lives. And I want to help them with their business as much as I can. And so that's that's really the the ultimate vision is is filling that niche and, uh, and pursuing that. Yeah, that's a great vision. Okay, well, you know, Spencer, this has been a fantastic visit with you. It's been fun to get to know you and to hear your story. What, is there anything else you'd like to tell us before we let you go? I am a huge advocate for, for just doing what you love in your life. And I have been, even when I was working for other businesses, you know, as an art major, my, my wife actually got a bachelor's, bachelor's degree in illustration. So we were both artsy people. Yes. And I think sometimes our parents were a little worried. <laughs> that, <laughs> my God, things are, How are you going to, be going to make, yes. <laughs> but I just don't see the point in doing something you're miserable at for your whole life. I don't, I don't understand how people can do that. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you have, you know, a dream, if you, have an idea for a business or something you want to do, some side hustle, do it. Start working on that and eventually, you know, continue to work at it and make it your full-time thing because you will be so much happier and fulfilled doing that. It's not for everybody, but if you have that, that idea and you want to get out of, you know, the standard eight to five job where you're building somebody else's dreams, start, start building it. Be brave. uh, Take the leap. mm -hmm. Okay. I love it. Well, thank you, Spencer, for being on the show today and for sharing your knowledge and information. You are obviously ambitious, and there's no doubt you'll continue to work hard to make your business successful. We will put links to Spencer's website and contact information in the show notes. Awesome. So if anybody would like to get a hold of Spencer, please uh, refer to that. And as a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. Today, I wanted to share a review that we got from our Rexburg location that was pretty awesome and powerful and I just wanted to to give it out to all of you guys. Tisha D said about her experience at our Oswald service in Rexburg, the people at Rex at sorry, the people at Oswald's are kind, personable and professional. Both times that my car has been in, they've been extremely thorough in checking for all possible problems with whatever is wrong and always call before making any repairs or decisions. They're very detailed in telling you what they've done and what might possibly happen in the future if the problem could persist and have stuck right to their quote each time. They use high quality parts and get them in as quickly as possible. Additionally, I really appreciate the printout recommendation with other potential problems to keep an eye on and the ranking system that goes with it. Lastly, but certainly not least, their shop is clean and well taken care of. I feel confident that the same attention to those details will be given to my vehicle. I highly recommend. So thank you so much, Tisha, for, or it might be Taisha. Tisha or Taisha, I'm sorry if I'm saying that name wrong, but thank you so much for your review of our services. And if this sounds like an experience that you'd like to have with your car repair, please come and visit us. It is our platform to have high customer service and to take care of you. So thanks for listening to the show today, and we'll see you next time. Is there a person or business you would like to hear from next? Send your suggestions to renee.oswaldserve at outlook.com.
Until the next time, if you enjoyed the show and feel that the content was of service to you, please consider leaving a review and subscribe not to miss the next episode. 